the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. The message that you are about to hear will encourage and equip all who have ears to hear to be Christians, clothed with the armor of a Gospel Defender. hour, let me tell you about the church that I belong to. I believe it is the greatest church in the world. I don't believe there is another one just like it. If I didn't believe it was the greatest church in the world, I would not be a member of it, but would be a member of some other church. That's the way everyone should feel about it as far as I am concerned. If you do not believe the church where you attend is the greatest on the face of the earth, you should remove your name from her membership roles and become a part of the church you do think is the greatest. But for me, I have made up my mind that the church that I belong to is the greatest of all of them. And for this reason, I'm anxious to tell you about the church that I belong to. The first thing that makes the church that I belong to the greatest is her foundation. The foundation of the church that I belong to is the greatest, surest, most dependable and reliable foundation a church could have. The very foundation of the church that I belong to is Christ, none other than Jesus Christ, the eternal, virgin-born, sinless, and only begotten Son of God. There is no other possible foundation upon which a church could be built and be the church that is revealed in the New Testament. The church that I belong to is not built upon any priest, any rabbi, any one apostle or pope, any evangelist or elder, not on anyone, but Jesus Christ. Jesus and Jesus alone is the foundation of the church. 
that I belong to. For other foundations can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. This is a wonderful thing to know, ladies and gentlemen, to know that the church that I belong to does not depend upon any earthly man to perpetuate her existence. To know that the founder of the church that I belong to is the only person who ever lived and died and resurrected from the dead to die no more. Only the church that I belong to can claim this to be true. No denomination can claim this since each denomination was founded by some earthly man. No lodge, no club, and no earthly organization can claim this because Jesus never said he was the foundation of any of these. He alone is the only foundation of his church only. The reason I am so anxious to tell you this about the church that I belong to is because I know that you love the Lord. You will want to belong to the same church that I do. The second thing that makes the church that I belong to the greatest is her creed. The creed of the church that I belong to is the greatest, surest, most dependable and reliable creed a church could have. Any creed other than the creed of the church that I belong to falls far too short for me. The Apostles' Creed will never ever do. The Nicene, Philadelphia, Westminster creeds will never ever do for me either. And I belong to a church that pays no homage or allegiance to these or any other humanly authored creed. These creeds are always insufficient, needing constant revisions. The reason these creeds are always insufficient is because they are human creeds. Either these creeds have more teaching than what is in the creed of the church that I belong to, and therefore have too much in them, or these creeds have less teaching than what is in the creed of the church that I belong to, and therefore have too little. The creed of the church that I belong to doesn't have too much, and it doesn't have too little. It has just the right amount. The creed of the church that I belong to is no more and no less than the Word of God. The Bible is the only creed of the church I belong to. Since Matthew 17, 5 teaches us that we are to hear Christ, and the Bible is the only place where we are told what Christ said, I do not need any other book but the Bible. Another book may be a real pearl, or it may be a real key to help our understanding, but I don't need it as long as I have the infallible, inerrant instruction book from God. It alone is inspired. It alone is profitable for doctrine. It alone is profitable for reproof. It alone is profitable for correction. It alone is profitable for instruction in righteousness. It alone is able to make me complete and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The Bible, the whole Bible, and nothing but the Bible is the creed of the church that I belong to. The reasons I am so anxious to tell you this about the church that I belong to is because I know that if you love the Lord, you will want to belong to the same church that I do. 
The third thing that makes the church that I belong to the greatest is her head. The head of the church that I belong to is the greatest, surest, most dependable, and reliable head a church could have. Like her foundation, her head is none other than Jesus Christ. This is the doctrine espoused by the church that I belong to, and I find no fault in this doctrine, since I can read in the creed of the church that I belong to, the Bible, Jesus Christ is the head of the body, the church. Colossians 1.18 and Ephesians 1 verses 22 and 23 both state this same fact. Since Christ is the head of the church that I belong to, I am accountable and answerable to no county, state, national, or international headquarters. Rome, Salt Lake City, St. Louis, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Cincinnati, or you name it, may be nice places to visit. But as far as spiritually answering and reporting to someone in those places, thank God I don't. As a member of the church that I belong to, I am answerable only to the Lord Jesus Christ and the men who have been placed in spiritual offices within the local church by the Lord Jesus himself. New Jerusalem is not only my future home in the hereafter, but also it is in the here and now. What I said about the foundation of the church I belong to can be repeated concerning the head of the church that I belong to. Only the church that I belong to can claim this to be true. No denomination can claim this, since each denomination was founded by some earthly man. No lodge, no club, and no earthly organization can claim this, because Jesus never appointed himself as head over any of those groups. He alone is the only head of his church only. The reason I am so anxious to tell you this about the church that I belong to is because I know that if you love the Lord, you will want to belong to the same church that I do. The fourth thing that makes the church that I belong to the greatest is her name and the name of her members. The name of the church that I belong to and the name of the members of the church that I belong to are the greatest, most scriptural names a church and her members could have. The name of the church that I belong to is the Church of Christ. In view of what we have considered concerning the foundation and head of the church, Jesus Christ, what other name could possibly be fitting to wear for the church? What other name would reflect who the founder, the head, the foundation, and the owner of the church is, besides Church of Christ? When we consider the fact that the church is the bride of Jesus Christ, Ephesians 5.23, when we consider the fact that Jesus said it was his church, Matthew 16.18, when we consider the fact that Paul told the Roman church in Romans 16.16, 16, the churches of Christ salute you. What other name could one scripturally wear than the church of Christ? When we consider the admonition of Colossians 3 verse 17, that whatsoever we do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, what name would better fulfill that admonition than church of Christ? This is not the name of a denomination. 
It is the biblical name for the church that Jesus built. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is the name of the church that I belong to. Not only this, but the name of the members of the church that I belong to is the greatest, most scriptural name a person could wear if he or she is a member of the Church of Christ. It is not Protestant. It is not Catholic. It is not Jew. It is the name that God gave to his people beginning at Antioch. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. It is the name that King Agrippa was almost persuaded to wear by the Apostle Paul. You almost persuade me to become a Christian. King Agrippa said in Acts 26, 28, it is the name for which Apostle Paul said would be worthy to suffer. It is in 1 Peter 4.16 that Peter wrote, If any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. No human name, no denominational name will do for the members of the church that I belong to. Human denominational names bring no glory, honor, or praise to the foundation and head of the church that I belong to. But the name Christian does. Christian and a Christian only. Not a hyphenated Christian. Nothing before it, nothing following it. But a Christian only and only a Christian. Disciple will not do. The disciples were called Christians. First at Antioch. That's what Acts 11.26 says. And I'm not going to argue with scripture. This was a divine calling of God. If that is what God wanted to call his people, that is what I want to be called and nothing else. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I am so anxious to tell you this about the church that I belong to is because I know that if you love the Lord, you will want to belong to the same church that I do. The fifth thing that makes the church that I belong to the greatest is her doctrine. There is much I could say regarding her doctrine. The church that I belong to believes that where the Bible speaks, we should speak. And where the Bible is silent, we should be silent. This is true in any case, but let us consider here only the doctrine of baptism. The church that I belong to is the only church that I know that teaches the whole truth on this subject. I know some teachers some churches that teach all of the truth on some of the parts of this subject. I know some churches that teach some of the truth on all of the parts of this subject. But I do not know of any church other than the church that I belong to that teaches all of the truth on all of the parts of this subject. For example, the church that I belong to teaches that only adult, repentant believers may be baptized scripturally. No infant can be baptized scripturally. I find no fault in this doctrine of the church that I belong to since Jesus said, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Since an infant is incapable of believing, an infant is incapable of receiving a scriptural baptism. Since Peter said in Acts 2.38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, I find no fault in the doctrine of the church that I belong to, refusing to baptize infants 
since they have nothing of which to repent. Then take the matter of the purpose of baptism. The church that I belong to teaches that baptism is for the purpose of receiving salvation from one's sins. Baptism is where and when one is forgiven of sins and becomes a Christian. I find no fault in this doctrine of the church that I belong to in view of what Ananias told Saul of Tarsus in Acts 22, verse 16. Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Since Paul was to be baptized to wash away his sins, I know that until he was baptized, he did not have his sins washed away or forgiven. Not only this, but also take the statement of Peter in 1 Peter 3.21. Baptism does now save us. What could be clearer concerning the purpose of baptism than what is stated here? It is for the salvation from sins. It is not the first act of obedience following the conversion of a Christian. It does not follow salvation. The creed of the church that I belong to, the Bible, teaches that baptism is what brings a person into a saving relationship with the head and foundation of the church that I belong to. And then consider the question of the mode of baptism. Some teach sprinkling, some teach pouring, some teach a spiritual baptism. But the church that I belong to teaches that there is only one baptism and that that one baptism is immersion in water. I find no fault in this doctrine of the church that I belong to in view of the fact that Jesus was immersed in the Jordan River according to Matthew 3, in view of the fact that the Ethiopian eunuch of Acts 8 went down into the water and then came up out of the water, in view of the fact that the Apostle Paul called baptism a burial in Romans chapter 6 and Colossians chapter 2. And if you are not willing to accept the proof of the Bible on these matters, a thorough examination of Bible history, along with the testimonies of Greek scholars, is undeniable proof that baptism, scriptural baptism, is immersion. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there are some churches that teach the same thing the church teaches that I belong to teaches concerning baptism. That is, if you group all the churches together, they do. But individually, there's no church but the church that I belong to that teaches all of this truth regarding the matter of baptism. Church A teaches that only adults should be baptized, but they sprinkle the adult. Church B teaches that only adults should be baptized and they immerse, but not for the remission of sins. Church C teaches that baptism is for the remission of sins, but they sprinkle sinless infants. There is no other church but the church that I belong to that teaches all of the truth on all the points concerning baptism. The reasons I am so anxious to tell you this about the church that I belong to because I know that if you love the Lord, you will want to belong to the same church that I do. Just one more thing, ladies and gentlemen, concerning the church that I belong to that makes it the greatest church on the face of the earth. It is her regularity in observing the Lord's Supper. She observes the Lord's Supper on the first day of every week. 
not a particular first day of a particular month, but on the Lord's day of every week. The reason she does this is because this is the example that the apostles left for the church to practice. It was on the first day of the week that the disciples came together in Troas to break bread with the apostle Paul in Acts 20 verse 7. Since the Lord resurrected on the first day of the week, and since the Lord said to observe this supper in remembrance of him, and since the Lord's day is the very day that a congregation comes together to worship the Lord by remembering his death, burial, and resurrection, there could be no better time to observe this supper than on every Lord's day when the congregation meets. The church that I belong to follows the inspired apostolic doctrine in this area of remembering the Lord around his table each week. Since Acts 2, when the church of Christ was founded, the church has continued steadfastly in the breaking of bread every Lord's day. She has been doing this for close to 2,000 years, and I wouldn't miss it for all the tea in China because I want to be as faithful to him as his word tells me to be. The good news is that you too can be around this table with me each week if you will become a member of the same church that I belong to. Ladies and gentlemen, you can read about the church that I belong to in the New Testament pages of your Bible. I do not know where you read of your church in the Word of God if you are a member of a denominational church, since there are no denominational churches in the book. But the church that I belong to is in there. The good news is that you can belong to this same church. The plan is the same for everyone. You cannot join this church. God must add you to her, says Acts 2, verse 47. If you will do what Peter said to do on the day of Pentecost and be faithful to the teachings of the New Testament, you can be a member of this church along with me and millions of others. It would be wonderful if you would let God add you to this same church. If you are in the least bit interested, read Acts 2.38 and Acts 2.47 to learn how you can do this. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Then Peter said, You will also receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just telling you that this is how I became a member of the church that I belong to the church for which Jesus shed his blood and for which he will someday return to deliver to God his Father when he puts an end to all rule and authority and power. There's a battle going on for the souls of men The taste of war is
Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking. And you have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the gifts of Christians and Churches of Christ who help us to preach all of the word to all of the world. Remember, thus saith the Lord, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. Find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. If you would like to receive a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message, or be added to our mailing list for our bi-monthly Gospel Defender Journal, write to us today. All of these materials are free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at www.gospel-defender.org. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to do it right now. And now until next time at this same time, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.